Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. I like your beard. Flapjack. I'll have a number five supersize with a large fly, a chocolate shake, and a fried pie, please. Fawn. <laughs> oh, now I'm hungry. <laughs> What's your go-to um, fast food? Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> the face that you made. It was like, quiz time. <laughs> Taco Bell, really? Yeah. Mark I think and I'm, I get it all the time. Have I asked you this before on the pod? I don't know. Maybe. We're only in season one, and I have already run out of things to ask you about. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like we rehash a Excuse lot of me. things between episodes. <laughs> we do. We do. But, like, it's usually... Here's a Dragula episode, so we're going to talk about something that we've not talked about on a recap episode. Yeah. Like, we balance But them. I have to say, I'm so excited for our regular episode this week, too, because yeah. I have been, y'all, listeners, I've been begging Fawn to talk about this particular topic, and I think you are all going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> when we talk about it on Thursday. You're going to just all be fucking dead whenever so you find dead. out what this topic is. You're going to gag to death. Hopefully that was a good enough hint. Um, okay. I hope it wasn't overkill. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I, you know, Fawn and I are, you can probably tell we're already a little delirious. That's because we spent the first like hour or so of us. Oh, a little over an hour hanging out today. Um, not just podcasting, but planning all sorts of fun stuff for 2023. And we can't tell you exactly what's coming, but I just have to say, I am so excited for what is around the corner. Just know the future is bright. Just like my asshole after I get it bleached. (laughs) And I haven't seen it. And I I consider that offensive. (laughs) I think that good friends show each other their bleached assholes promptly. (laughs) Promptly. I say, (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, I, in November, we've talked about before, is kind of a dead zone for drag. At least it is for me. And I am taking this break so graciously, I think, or just like with open arms because it has been a really great way for me to just kind of get rejuvenated, find the things that I'm really excited about with drag, and hopefully come back in December and January, just swing it and flap it. Yeah, I know for me, like... I'm glad to be out of like the chaos for yeah. a minute, but also it's I'm right. still fucking in chaos because it's like <laughs> the drag has slacked, but now it's pick up all the personal obligations that I missed out oh, on in October. Yeah, so it's just like <laughs> oh, like I, the last ten months, you know, because <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Now it's like, do this, do this, do this, do this. Go see this person, hang out with them, and I, of course I'm having a great time, but I'm also like. Can I sleep? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but well, I, I'm glad that we have, you know, this to kind of keep our drag stuff going, keep yes. it fresh, you know, the podcast, I mean. Um, but also there's some there's some fun stuff happening too. Like I, I'm tomorrow night, it, the, at the time of recording this, tomorrow night is the Ultimate Supreme competition, which my partner will be competing in. And the winner will be receiving a guest spot on Flapping and Fawning Podcast. So we are so excited to welcome the future winner of that to yes. our show. Um, but I've been kind of helping my partner plan for that. I mean, they still, you know, you know them. They'd like to keep things secretive from me and surprise me on the day of. But they have let me in a little bit more this time. So I am excited uh, for what they're going to bring. I think they're really going to bring it. I'm so excited for how this goes. 
I was originally <laughs> supposed to be a judge, but I'm going to be in Atlanta instead because my partner and I will be seeing Jada Essence Hall at a Wussy event. Yes! Oh we my love God. her. We do love her. And contrary to popular belief, I do not hate Jada Essence Hall. I actually listen to her podcast very, very regularly because that's the way I connect with most drag queens nowadays. Hall and Closet. Yes. It's really good. Have you listened to it? I like listened when they started it and listened yeah. for a solid like five weeks in a row. And then I got busy and I haven't listened to any other podcasts except for our own. <laughs> How much do you listen to our podcast? I listen to it like first thing in the morning. Every day it comes out. Oh yeah. Every day it comes out. But I, I listen to it on three different platforms to try to boost the numbers. <laughs> and at first, when we first I started. I do not do that. No, but you only listen to it once. I only listen to it once. Okay. So you and I make up four of the listeners, but, oh, but we're still doing pretty good. And then you throw in our partners. Throw in our partners. I mean, it's hit or miss if Danny listens to it. Mark does not miss a podcast. <laughs> Danny will straight up be like, this one was boring. <laughs> you need to change. And I was like, oh, I, okay. Mark will message me references to the podcast that I have since forgotten. Oh, really? Yeah. Like picking our bottoms? That's a well, vintage no, one like, now. It'll, one of them, what was it? The branding episode? Oh, yes. Messaged me about something about flapping and giraffing. And I have forgotten <laughs> about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot I said that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Was that when I was talking about, I like... I think you said to change my name to Giraffe, and then I said flapping oh, and giraffing. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like and that. And I had completely forgotten about it, <laughs> and I had just listened to last week's episode about Dragula, where you... <laughs> <laughs> I, confessed, I confessed <laughs> how I would go to Six Flags in my head. Um, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night in college, looking back, it's extremely unhealthy. Swinging your head around like a giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I had the craziest dream last night. Probably not the craziest, but it was felt weird. It was like, I had this dream that because I was, I'm starting grad school again, which I am doing it like in the spring. Um, Meanwhile, I haven't even graduated college. <laughs> well, I mean, I stopped midway due to Camp Waikiki, but I'm picking it back up. I had this dream that I moved into the dorm and I had, I met my roommate and it was like, I'm getting this whole freshman college experience. But I, in the dream, I still full had fully had my life which was like four blocks away. Like I was like, Oh yeah, I have a husband and a mortgage and my house and a cat, Like, but I'm going to be living here for school for some reason, <laughs> just down the street. But it kind of got Sneak me excited. Danny into the <laughs> dorm room. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, overnight pass. <laughs> I mean, you can only have three of those a semester. So wait, really? Yeah. At, at that particular school, you can. Only Is that how it's always been? Because mm-hmm. I do not remember that. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's, also maybe I was, it was three a month. I think it was three a month. Granted, also I was usually staying with a RA myself. So oh, breaking <laughs> the law. Yeah, I, I I don't know the it people. A lot of times, you know, when I used to in my previous job, I would meet like a lot of potential family members who were interested in having their students come to our school, and. A lot of them were surprised, A, that there were co-ed residence halls. And yeah, I know, right? Uh, There was one time that when they found that out, there was this mom who was like, they're just asking for fornication. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I ask for fornication, but I don't need co-ed to do that. I do it all the time. And then (laughs) there was, uh, yeah, and then also sometimes they think that there's like a, uh, a curfew 
for the dorms, you know, but no, that's not a thing. So anyways, though, I think we've talked enough about college life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything going on in TV and media that you wanted to talk about in this week's episode? Um, At the time of recording... Canada vs. the World is literally airing. Oh, yeah, as like we right speak. Now. It is airing for the first time. So that's interesting. How do you feel There's, about that cast? It's wild. It, it's weird. I don't I don't know. It I feel like it doesn't necessarily have the magic that season one cast had. Yeah, see I mean season one was all stellar. And there's a lot of people I'm excited about. And actually, I I don't think there's anyone on the season who I'm not excited about. It's just, I think, weird casting decisions. But it's also kind of inevitable with the way that... It'll be interesting to see how they, like, all merge. Yeah. Like, how these personalities interact, I think, will be very interesting to see. And just to be clear, the things that I don't really love or I feel unsure about is, A, this is the first time there's a winner competing in a season again. After no, it's they, not. Well... All-Stars 3. Yeah, but I think BB's different. Like, is I, she? Season 2 of Canada didn't get that much airtime. Like, it didn't get the reception. Yeah, but it's... I mean, there were, like, a ton of seasons that came before that. So, like, a, a precedent had been set. And Rita set. Back is about to judge um, her own series. I don't find Rita that weird to have in there. But she's about to be a host. She's about to be a host of Belgium. I mean, I, I see what you mean. It's it's never been done before, but I, I, I do think it's kind of strange. Or I don't I don't necessarily find that one as strange. What I find strange is the winner thing. I, and I don't love that we have people who are from the same season, like so consistently across the board, like having two people from UK3, although I'm excited about both of those people. I, I don't really like having them on the same season. I don't love that we have Silky and Raja after we've already seen them on season 11 and All Stars 6. And now a third time on that. I don't know. That seems weird. I think it is. Oh, and then same with Canada, Canada strikers too. It's like, uh, what, uh, there's only one from season one and then there's like three, three from, from season. season two. It's also just a lot of Canada representation. Well, that's how UK was. There was four people from the UK. There were three. There was four. You're forgetting about four. Cheryl Hall. No, I'm not. It was Cheryl Hall. Oh, it was four. No, it was three. It was bag of chips. Bag of chips Cheryl Hall and, bag of and chips Blue Hydrangea, right? Was there a fourth? Wasn't there a fourth? No, there were just three. Were there only And it three? just felt much more balanced, I feel. Sure? More, more countries were represented. I'm very excited for Anita. I'm very excited for... Um, Was there only three? Someone else. Yeah. What's that girl who uh, from Canada... She was kind of an early out, but she was really fun. No, I'm thinking... Oh, you're talking about Stephanie Prince. I'm Stephanie still Prince. stuck on UK 1. Yeah. The I mean, K- versus the world UK. It was only three from UK. It, it wasn't that heavy. It wasn't like a quarter of but the, the cast. But the cast was smaller though, right? I don't I think... Uh, I don't know. I'm obviously not... But there was, there was more country representation and... The, I, I don't know. This one just... It feels a little more thrown together there to me. There was more country representation? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. You had Thailand. You had U.S., you had U.K., you had Canada, and you had Holland. That's five. And so Canada, you have Canada, Down Under, U.K., and U.S. That's just four. And and I feel like you're... Yeah, but Thailand only had representation because of Pangina. Thailand has people who could, like, be at that same level. But, I mean, if you're looking at it... I'm not disagreeing with you, and I think there does need to be Thailand representation on a verse of the world. That's not what this is, so please don't misconstrue this. 
when casting something like this, casters look at who is relevant and who can fluently speak English. No, I, I get that. I get the English. And I don't think Thailand is relevant and fresh enough in people's minds. I guess. I just don't like it. But I like think it. it also could be a smart choice to make people want to go back and rewatch them. Yeah, I I, I never finished Thailand 2. I don't even know if I watched Thailand 2. Thailand 2. I know I watched 1. Thailand 2 is great, but like towards the end, I, I start to feel like there's too much production meddling. Um, That's how I feel with most seasons yeah. of Drag Race. So. That one was just particular, though, because like... Okay, spoiler alert. It's been out for years. Um, they have two people who who leave the competition kind of early, but everyone was like really shocked when they leave. Art Simone. No. <laughs> and, and then they bring them back at like the top five, and then they go on to be part of the top three. And it was like, so these other two people in the top five, you know, who... Wait, so they, they like missed the were, whole season and they just brought them in. And then there was like the one person who had stayed in the whole time. was like, well, obviously she should win because she didn't so miss the whole competition. It was like they had a top three and then they were like, surprise, we're bringing two yes. people. In. That's fucking because there were two people who left for unusual reasons throughout the course of the season. So they just had more episodes. They needed to bring someone in. But I think whenever you do that, you should have you should bring one person back and then have one episode where you bring someone in, right? Like if you need to fill that airspace, like have one where they compete and and make it worthwhile, make it a convincing reason for why they should come back. Not just like, Oh, Hey, is the gag. Art Simone's going to pop out of the box or whatever. Oh, she's here. You know, it's like, why is she here? It didn't make sense. So that was my issue with it, but it was still very good. And the I've people they heard, brought back, they, I felt that they earned their way. I've never heard of a drag queen. And why is she here? You never heard of Why She Here? I've heard of Why She Black. That has, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a name. That's a name. That is a name. <laughs> that is a name. Okay. She hosts the Drag Race Yearbook for UK and Down Under, and I think maybe even Canada. Why she host? That's what I want to know. Okay. Well, we have talked uh, so much about this. Oh, I feel like there was one other thing we need to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, not post. Uh, vote. Um, What's it called? Call Me Mother. Well... No, I don't really have anything to say about that. Only but, one person went home. Yeah, I mean, that, and thank God. Right. Like what? Anyways, I've already <laughs> I've already lamented about that enough. Um, no, you just told lamentations. me lamentations. Lamentations. If if you were there, you were there. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, so listen. What that is at my surprise birthday party. <laughs> We were all just talking. About, I don't know something dumb. And we somehow got on the topic of the Bible. Yeah, it was like underrated books of the bible right and so i i was like yeah no one ever talks about lamentations and like right when i said lamentations it my glass my wine glass that i was holding shattered and it like went everywhere and everyone started acting like i'm just really (laughs) passionate about lamentations and then on my facebook post like on my non-drag account you know i posted the picture of us like everyone who was at the surprise party and then um someone commented like, Oh, this is official lament lamentations day of remembrance. And then I, I commented something that had like Beyonce smashing a window and my mom sad reacted to it. Like with the little tear. Oh, I missed that part. <laughs> and I just was like, okay, I've got to explain this again. Mom for context, no tears are needed. It was just, you know, <laughs> it was just alcohol. Yeah, It was just alcohol. I didn't say that, but <laughs> I did say we were not blaspheming during that portion of my birthday. Um, just different. Just yes. another portion. 
But no, there was something in TV. Something didn't get renewed. What's that show called? Oh, Legendary. Legendary. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know, but I was really enjoying Kiki on that. Kiki Palmer on that judges panel. Yeah. I to um, be honest, I have I have not really kept up with Legendary. Like I I kind of have like I knew the things that were happening. Like I knew Bob was a a guest judge. I liked Jamila Jamil, you know, and I knew that she was a judge on it. And what's her name? Aja was on it for a bit. Yeah, she was competing. Um, I mean, you can always count on me to keep up with the faggy competition shows. <laughs> I'm trying to, but God, there are so many. Well, I keep up with the ones that I don't have to read subtitles for because I don't have the intention span for that. Hey, I, I feel. But, you know, once you can get over that little two-inch subtitle, then you're going to be well, it's like exposed it's to so much I more. I like to do things while I watch TV. Oh. I can't just like sit there and just watch. I need to fidget. You need something. to have something going on. Kind yeah. of like how with Dragula, we have something going on on the side. Yeah. Um, sucking dick. Sucking dick. <laughs> Where is he? Sucking dick and cock. <laughs> okay. So speaking of sucking dick and cock, we need to talk about our fantasy fag roster. So at the beginning of the season, Fawn and I divided up the cast. We rolled a dice or something, and then we went back and forth and chose. Was it a 20-sided die? It was a 20-sided die, and Astrid will tell us all about it. Um, but yes, yeah, so at the top of this episode... Oh, and the, the goal is to have the winner in your roster, and whoever has the winner gets to pick a tattoo for the other person. And as of the top of this episode, I have four people still in. That's Hoso, Melissa, Victoria, and Erica. And then Fawn has four as well, with Abora, Coco, Eva, and Astrid. Um, and, you know, we are going to talk about that, but we're going to get into it after this break. And we are back with our review of episode four of Dracula. Titans. Yeah, I always forget to say Titans. Not, it's Dracula Titans. Dracula Titans. Yeah. Dracula Titans. Titan. And it's called... Dungans and uh, drag queens, Dungbeetles and drag queens into the into the underoos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, are <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Once again, we don't have any opening skits from the Boulets. Nope. They said but, we're going to let the sugar bakers handle that. So we just go straight into the boudoir and the boudoir. <laughs> The boo. <laughs> boo. Anyways, <laughs> you can tell we're delirious. Oh, yeah. We're only on our first episode of the week. <laughs> and the whole cast is waiting on who is going to return this week. Is it going to be Abora? Is it going to be Kendra? They're talking about how they really hope that it's Kendra because they're tired of Abora's bullshit. And they're like, Kendra didn't have a strong enough look, but. Which I mean. I don't know. Like, looking back, I really don't feel like the drama was all that dramatic. Unless we missed something and there's something going on behind the scenes. It just seems like, are people really that concerned about that? I I don't know. This drama felt really forced to me. I think there is a lot of valid critiques to the abora how abora handled things i think there's a lot of valid critiques that are said specifically i really agree with the stuff that like coco and eva 
and Victoria, like those three are really the three that I'm like, yeah, y'all are kind of hitting the nail on the head. Whereas people like Astrid is just like speaking to hear her own voice and it's getting really emo- a lot of Astrid seems to be personal that she doesn't like Abora because of like the Hoso um, drama and stuff like that. But we didn't have any of that this episode. We had zero. Oh, yeah. There was none of, of this like the love triangle this episode. Yeah, and that God. was nice. I mean, it's I feel like Hoso had a completely different tone this episode, you know? Yeah. It was honestly kind of jarring to see her go so dramatically. It's like, especially like, against Abora. Yeah. This is what made me feel like, what is going on? Like, why, why? I, like, I can believe it. And I think some of it also is like, sometimes you've got to take a step back from a situation to really understand. But also I think there is an aspect of this whole situation that is a little bit how Hoso handled it. Like, Hoso could have handled the situation and it might have led to a slightly different outcome. We can't say for sure because we don't know how Abora would have reacted. But I feel like there was some of this that there are multiple parties. It just feels produced to me. I I don't know. know. And then like with, uh, I don't know. So Abora walks in and no one's really happy. She's back. Like it, I don't know. Why did she have to like plead her case to a jury of her peer? Like I would have been like, I don't know. I feel like I would have been like, I don't understand why I have to apologize to any of you for any of this. Like I am in this competition for myself, not for y'all and your pleasure. Like, okay. If you're mad at me, go off. I like focus on yourself. I think there is a valid critique of like you process and deal with things. Like for me, this is where Coco hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head. Yes, your journey and you your journey is going to be a bumpy road, but your bumpy <laughs> sorry road, I sniffed right into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but your journey shouldn't affect mine. Yeah, and Abora was taking a lot of their stuff out on other people, so that's where like the people like Coco and the people like Eva that were like, we've heard this song and dance from you. You've got to actually show us that you've changed if you want us to believe that you've changed. And I think they, some of them did go in a little hard on Abora for this stuff. Yeah. I, it, I don't know. It was so, I don't know. It was so hard. One thing that I noticed about production, though, was did you notice how, and this is very, very small, but did you I notice noticed this the because logo? Of Mark. Oh, okay. The logo on Abora's shirt when she walked in, it was blurred. And then, like, five seconds into the conversation, it had, like, a black piece of tape on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't that that was funny to me. I just felt like I needed to point it out. Brand censoring. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean that was really it. Like I, I didn't get why Abora needed to like plead her case to get on everyone's good side. She's not in there in this competition for their pleasure. I but, don't. Okay. I don't think. I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like it's one of those things. Something did need to be said to acknowledge shitty behavior shitty behavior needs to be acknowledged and but what was so shitty about it she's just kind abora's very much been abora's world everything has been abora's world and it's been doesn't like something somebody says so gets angry there are other ways to handle that kind of stuff 
there's some of the stuff Abora said that I'm like, oh, I don't think that's a big deal. But you shouldn't take your own problems out on other people. And this is where I think Abora had a very strong point. Abora was like, why am I the only one having to do this? Because I think somebody like Astrid should also be having to do this fucking shit. Because yeah. Astrid's just as much, if not more, of a problem than Abora at this point. I I I guess. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like all of it feels weird and forced, but okay. <laughs> I mean, at least we're getting like a redemption arc. Yeah, I guess so. Abora definitely got that this episode. It's a with good the main TV challenge. moment. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. It got to the... For me, it was a little exhausting, and I know we're probably exhausting the point at this point. Beating the dead horse. Um, it was just exhausting <laughs> hearing them like go in on Abora and be like, you've got to show us that you've changed. You've got to show us that you've changed. Okay, you keep saying that, but you haven't even given Abora a chance to actually do that yet. Because all you're doing is saying it, and every single person is saying it. And at a certain point, that gets fucking old to hear. True. Yeah. Nope. You, you got it. I think that I think that's everything. My when it comes to the drama, I do have something later on that I want to point out. So, but I will say, me still harping on this dead horse. <laughs> uh, you kicking that dead horse. <laughs> I was glad though that the first person that kind of initiated this was Eva, being somebody that has a long-standing a more personal and a long-standing personal relationship and friendship with Abora. Unless you consider her two-faced, like they were saying last week. Which I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Because also, Abora didn't shit-talk... Eva didn't shit-talk Abora while everybody else was. True. Now, they get called to the main stage, now that the drama's over, <laughs> and we've beat that dead horse. <laughs> they brought the dead horse with them. Yeah. They, they carried it in. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the boules to tell them... It's what the week's challenge is, and it's dung balls and dung ball. <laughs> it's Dungeons and Drag Queens too. Into the underdark. Excuse me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the? I mean, this, the last time they did this was on season three, right? Iconic episode. So, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. I I was kind of surprised that they did this again. Um, I at, am here for it anytime. Yeah. As before, I even knew what the episode title Will it was. Will bother you if I eat this piece of pizza while we record? No. Are you being honest with me? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna eat this pizza. It's just looking at me, and I really want it. So eat me, flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> um. So where were we at? We were talking about. Um, oh, what's up, the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Drag Queens 2 into the underdark. I think it was a fun challenge on the original season. I, really, I, I remember Louisiana Purchase looked stunning and I was matching him win. I who won that? Eva won that. I think Eva deserved to win that. I don't remember it at all, but I really liked Louisiana. I remember being upset that Madeline Hatter was in the bottom, but that was only because Dahlia Black ended up having the key to save from elimination but i liked having this challenge because it was that was also the episode that gave Fuck us the big picture clint <laughs> are you fucking kidding me uh, i wish that happened on camp on a kiki like i should have done i should have like when i got eliminated i should have flipped a table i should have had a moment be like fuck the big picture ruthie like <laughs> um 
But yeah, so like I was glad to see this back because I love an acting challenge. I think this is a good acting challenge to have. This was also an episode. Mark saw the episode title before I did and was like, have you seen the episode title Mm. for this week? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but just know that it's my episode. I said, it's Dungeons and Dragons, isn't it? Now, are y'all into Dungeons and Dragons? Mark plays. I want to play, but I've never actually played. I've sat in on a session or two of Mark's friend's campaign. Mm. I like know very little about it, but like, I find it very intriguing. I've never had people to play with. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's going to hate this. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I would really enjoy it, but... It's like, I don't, I I like, I'm just so constantly busy, you know, it'd be so hard to find the time to commit to something that's recurring like this to get the same group together. But I feel like it's bad enough that we have a podcast. I know. God, this is two people. (laughs) Sometimes three, if we're lucky. (laughs) 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 But I mean, we've been pretty good at doing this consistently, but it would be very fun. Um, What did you think of the categories? Like, do you know what you would want to be if you were? Assigned. I honestly know so little. I would want to be some kind of spellcastery, though. Mm. Um, would be what kind of what is it called? Um, class is that a druid? A druid, I think, is a. When they said druid, I said roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Wait, is that the wrong place? No, that is the correct. That's place. the right one. Okay, druid city. I get them mixed up all the time, but um, yeah. <laughs> You say that? Who do you get mixed up? <laughs> you got it right. No, I know, but like, like I, I don't. I know. I'm not really familiar with the other pride. But like, you know, Auburn has theirs. What is Auburn called? On the plains. Pride on the plains. Yeah, because I don't know. I imagine Alabama is like flat. Tuscaloosa. I mean, yeah, plain. But anyways, that's. Can you line. tell me where Rocket City Pride is? That's that's Huntsville because they got the rocket, the big rocket. <laughs> they just need to put a giant something and name it after it, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're central Alabama, but that's pretty obvious, right? We're like in the center of Alabama. I mean, I guess that could con- be confused as Montgomery, potentially, but I think we're... Or even Tuscaloosa. No, no, they're more west. Yeah. I right? don't know. Geography. You were never very good at geometry. Yeah. Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, the episode. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the Boulets are telling them that they're going to be doing... Dun- Dungeons, Dungeons and Drag, drag queens. queens again. What did you think when you heard that this was what the challenge was? <laughs> <laughs> right when I took a bite of pizza. Um, I was excited, but <laughs> but uh, no, I was excited. I was just kind of surprised because this one was one that I did not recall as being a particularly iconic episode. It was but- a controversial episode. Like online, it's got very mixed reviews, but, uh, but it was very good. Like l- looking back. Um, I, I didn't immediately recall some of the things, but like when they had the Madeline Hatter, uh, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that moment, like getting to go somewhere on location. I mean, they were basically like, okay, no, I'm getting too ahead of myself, but they basically like did what we do for Camp Wanakiki. You know, they filmed like out in the heat in drag. They were yeah. out there all day, no air conditioning. Okay, yeah. you know. So I have feelings about people complaining about it because maybe some of us Camp Wanakiki gals and guys and things could do it better but that's just me um so i yes i was excited about it long story short 
Yes. I was super excited about it. I love a good acting challenge like this. Mm-hmm. So we get into the ballets assigning the race and class for each contestant because they don't get to choose that themselves. Right. And they were clearly acting when they were surprised. Yeah. What they were they getting. clearly got handed these in advance. And I think these also were kind of after we get into or before we get into who these are, you'll see. I think a lot of these were very much catered to. I thought a lot of it was rigged. I think a lot of it was. I don't think rigged in a bad way. I think a lot of the roles were intentionally to cater towards everybody's strengths. I guess. We'll see. So, Abora got a dark elf druid. Victoria got an elf priestess. And according to my partner, a priestess is not actually a class. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I haven't played. So I don't know all the details. I thought I thought that was like a monk. Is it like being a monk kind of pre? I don't think that's an actual class. Oh, like okay. And then Coco got an elf barbarian. Uh, Erica got a no a gnome rogue. Astrid got human bard. Eva got a human paladin, which I think paladins are also a witchy class, like a spellcastery class. No, no, no. That's like. I don't know. The sword. Like is you're, you're a soldier. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we podcast. <laughs> to, to give our uneducated opinions on, <laughs> on very niche topics. <laughs> this is now a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> podcast. And we no, have never today. played before. <laughs> uh, Hoso got a Dark Elf Ranger. And Melissa got a Human Barbarian. Okay. Where I think is rigged. I thought that some of them, in particular, Astrid, like, she rarely does human things. Like, she can, but that didn't allow her to necessarily showcase her skill sets in the best way. Did have one of my favorite outfits of the week, getting ahead of myself, but... Okay. Um, Pop off, sis. Yeah. And, but uh, also, I felt that you know, they also really favored some folks in their strengths, such as Hoso. I mean, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen Hoso as a human, you know, because we rarely see Hoso looking human. Um, I mean, I, 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 yeah, a lot of these just didn't. Mm, I don't know. To me, they made sense, especially for me, Astrid, based on what she showed on her season originally, which wasn't much, was a lot more like human esque. And but also giving Erica the only other one who really had to change her skin tone. I don't how so had to change her skin tone. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And I don't know that gnomes necessary. I think a lot of that with a lot of these races is it's up to you if you change your skin tone. Cause I th- believe dark elves sometimes do and sometimes don't. I don't know. But it, I feel like for a gnome, you have to, I don't know that you do. I don't, I don't know. I'm not educated enough on this to really go. Same, yeah. but I've, my gut would say that you don't inherently have to, but you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, after they get their assignments, they're also told this week's Fright Feet is going to be a game of tug of gore. Spooky, but in a fun way. So, you're they're divided into two teams, and the two teams represent the two teams for the acting challenges Mm -hmm. and the winner of tug of gore, which by the way, the losers get pulled into this like 
nasty, muddy, bloody shit pit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was Work. gross. Who would you, which team would you want to be on for tug of gore? I mean, originally, I thought I'd want to be on, like, out of those, I thought I'd want to be on Coco and Eva's team, but clearly that was not the right choice. Mm, fair. Um, I don't know. I saw Melissa as one I would want to be on her team. I mean, all these, you know, I would think that people, no one would want me if I was doing this, but also. Oh, I would want you. Thank you. But I do think I'm stronger than a lot of them. Uh, yeah, TV I think age. I would be stronger than like, especially somebody like Hoso and Abora and like. Like this really showed Astrid that all of these contestants are Victoria. just non-binary spooky people who spend a lot of their time in their room. And, <laughs> and and Melissa's the only one who seems to get out, you know, and like go to the gym. So, and I mean, not, but I walk to work every day at least. So I feel like I, I'm strong in the legs department. Here's the thing. Also, I don't know if you watch Squid Games. Did you watch Squid Games? No. I wanted to see this is one that I really wanted to watch, but Danny said it was too stressful, and so it was like, okay, chill. Okay, we just well, I think you need to watch at some point. I want to. I did watch the Squirrel Games, that UK episode, that horrible challenge. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting that was terrible. That was fucking terrible. Anyways, on <laughs> tying it back into that. On Dracula. On Squid Games, there was a tug of war thing. And they like went through what this mm. like flawless um, strategy is for tug of war. And it seemed like Melissa might have like known a little bit on that. And like Interesting. Because Well the, okay, the teams were it was Victoria Hold on. It was Victoria. Melissa, Astrid, and Erica. Yeah. And then the other team was the Abora, Eva, Hoso, and Coco. I knew that the team would... I would not want to be with Abora. I would not want to be with Hoso. I was like, they, they just seem too lightweight, you know? If I could replace one of the two of them, if I could replace Hoso, I'd be on that team. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it turned out that it was the... Which team? So it was Eva, Abora, Hoso, and... The other one, Coco, Coco who uh, fell into the pit of horrible yes. gunk or whatever. Um, yeah. The gore. The pit of gore. The, the shit pit. The shit <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Um, and so the other team gets to decide if they want the quest. The, if they want the quest <laughs> script or if they want the cursed script. And does it make me a bad cast member that I would want the cursed skip script? I mean, that's the smart one to go for. I feel like I did think that the way that they chose was smart because yes. I, I think I don't think Victoria could have handled that right. And I, I, I think also Melissa think that, might have struggled too. Yeah, I mean, she mentioned that, you know English is her second right. language, so I, I, I get that. Like that would be a, a bit more tough. And so I, I didn't really love how. They sort of edited it, in in my opinion, kind of a shady way to look like, oh, well, they're just being lazy and they want to take the easy way out. But, um, I mean, it obviously didn't work too well for them. But, but I mean, like I think that it truly made sense with the strengths of their team to take the other, the other script. I agree, but also, is it better to flop on doing the ambitious thing or is it better to flop on doing the safe, 
easy thing. You know? If Fair. you don't think, I just think you're going to do well as it is. But I think it increases your chances at success to pick the one that is closest to your skill I set. I think if you're stressed about it and don't think you're going to do well regardless, you might as well swing big. I mean, if anyone is good with words on this cast, it's the person who said, the quest script seems easier, and I think we could pull it off a lot easier. Victoria Elizabeth Black. Did that stick out to you at that moment? No, I but... just thought that was funny. She said, well, you know, the quest script seems easier, so I think we could pull that off a lot easier. <laughs> I was just... I was like, oh, she's got away with words. <laughs> was that before or after the Astrid di- monologue? Oh, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know. Oh, no, it was when they, de- they decided, and so they said that, and then Astrid explained Dungeons & Dragons in great detail. <sighs> they were ready to play. Like... Right then, they knew every single rule. She had memorized the handbook. She was reciting it verbatim. Do you think they, like, ask her to, like, say more things? No. Or do you think she just volunteers all of this information? No, but I do think her local community theater should hire her to do monologues. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they should. (laughs) It'd be boring. (laughs) I mean, they'd fill up time. Um... (laughs) I just wonder if she was prompted to keep talking or like prompted to talk a lot. I definitely feel like people were prompted to give crazy reactions. I don't think so. I think Astrid is kind of just oblivious to those, to the, those kind of social cues. I don't know. She's getting a lot of fucking nerves. She's, I'm kind of enjoying her, her quirkiness. I think in the moment I would be like, girl, shut up. But like, I, I'm enjoying it as a viewer. Um, And I, I enjoyed once they were finally done with that. Eva took over doing the warmups, you know, but Astrid still (laughs) had something to say. She's like, well, clearly Eva wants to be the dungeon master. So I'm just going to let her do it. It's It's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Does she want to be the dungeon master? Okay. But a a lot of the the things that they were doing, we actually do in my improv class. So I was like, Oh, I think they were smart exercises to like warm everybody up. Especially like the didn't throwing help the quest ball script one. Yeah. See, we do the, we do that one in my class. We do the throwing the ball. Um, we, we do something else with it too, but I've also done like that mirror exercise. Um, Where Astrid and Melissa almost kissed. I know. That was hot. Um, okay. So um, I also appreciated the shady edit in this moment where they were like trying to dance while mirroring and they cut oh, yeah. to Erica. Oh, and we forgot to say at the beginning of the episode as well, they, uh, Astrid said to Coco, like I would do the exact same thing for you when it came to backing, like oh, yeah. backing you. And, and then they cut to that edit of yeah. Astrid writing Coco's name, which I still find this whole thing weird. Like that's not really cancel. That's not really contradictory in my opinion. Um, but whatever. So there was just a lot of shading edits in this particular episode. Yeah. And then we get to Melissa pulls a Bora to the side to have a conversation uh, just about how a Bora's not really being perceived well. And a Paul and was like, I know I said in the cauldron that not cauldron. Yeah, it's cauldron. Boudoir. Oh, boudoir. In the boudoir Boo. that I didn't care about your apology, but I do. But also, like, here's why your comments, like, bothered me. I found this to be a complete overreaction. Like, I, I, there is nothing that we have seen that has been presenting to uh, presented to us that made me feel like this was 
warranted or that honestly any of this like resentment for abora is warranted i don't know do you feel that way it was nice to see i enjoyed this moment personally i mean like all okay that's fine i just it, it, clearly abora is saying i'm gonna come back with a vengeance because we are in a competition not because i want to murder you you know well like, it is also one of those things too in the heat of a moment you can't especially when it comes to a trigger you can't control how you interact with the trigger you know what i mean yeah i guess so. like your triggers are your triggers and you don't really have control over that i hear what you're saying I think, you disagree. But I you think hear. Melissa should <laughs> download this wonderful app called BetterHelp and talk to them about it. Not, not like, not Ash, not Abora. I mean, it was just so clear in the context of the competition I, what she was talking about. I don't know. I think they all need better help. They, they do need better help. <laughs> um, Honestly, <yeah>. I do. <laughs> and we also got that moment where Eva pointed out Madeline's temper tantrum. Yes, I thought that was also knowing now what happens it was a cute little foreshadowing moment yeah this place is cursed um which i have thoughts about that we'll get to oh yeah um but at first but i think now might be a good time to take a break because of all this heat i know it's it's getting hot in here i'm gonna take off all my clothes during this break (laughs) oh my god put your clothes on sorry (laughs) And we're back, and it's time. I really got to learn what this actual music is. That's not just the transition music. I know. It's, it's I, something like... No, it sounds like... Uh, what's squelching that, noises. What's that kid from the the Wild Thornberries? Oh, yeah. Um, What was his name? I don't know. Was but it him? like... You know how Did he about. have a name or was it just like Thing? <laughs> no, I think he had a name. <laughs> um, but yes, it is time for the floor show. And what a floor show it was. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, we're we're going to talk about it in the order it was presented. Um, but, you know, they kind of cut between being in the studio when the boulets appeared. We met the guest judges for the week. Then we got to see the floor shows. Then we got to see the acting challenge actually yes. happen. Um, so at the top, we had the judges. We found out the special guest judges would be Misha Ashurovich. It was a cute little non-binary thing. I love them. Yeah. I ha- Did you know who they were? Um, I Googled them beforehand. Well, can I you follow tell us them what on you Instagram? Learned? Oh, yeah. I mean, I loved their makeup. I definitely wanted to like wear that makeup, um, but I didn't know who they were. And then Eric Grays from Lock and Key and Queer as Folk. What'd you call me? fucking faggot <laughs> sorry <laughs> 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 and then we also had the sugar boules I mean the boule brothers uh, what are they wearing it, it's black and it is they have these queen amidala headpieces but they're not really it's queen it's funny amidala. you say that because Mark said that it was like very Dungeons and Dragons meets like Star Wars and it like gave kind of amidala, amidala yeah vibes. it is that like um I don't know how else to describe it's it. It's hot. But I'd I like it. it. Yeah. And it looks nice and beautiful, breezy, cover girl. Maybe they're born with it. They're Maybe finally it. wearing something um, flowy. Yeah. Like just they referenced like on the first episode. Drac wanted. 
So we see them, and then we move into the individual floor shows. And the very first one that we get is Erica, who is our gnome rogue. But first, before we get into our floor show, could you please take us through our flapping, or flopping and fawning for, explanation? For those of you that are new here. Hi, horse. Every, we have a... We have a very sophisticated system here of rating our looks. If we like a look, it is a... Fawn! And if we don't like the look, it's a... Flop! But if it's the best thing since sliced bread... It's slapjacks. (laughs) It's a fetch! Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. And I might have a fetch this week. I've been holding it out, and I think I got it but there's a lot of good looks this week yeah i was i was very impressed and this was it was a very nice change of pace from um being on the regular main stage yeah i like that they got to model their looks outside and yeah it seemed like it appeared that probably everybody got to pick their own like filming location i don't know i mean i don't know if they got to pick it or not um they all seemed catered to whatever yeah they I mean, were whatever it was whoever picked it, it it was great like i thought it, it made a lot of sense for each one um starting with erica so how would you describe this look so she's supposed to be a gnome rogue she's painted purple with no contour whatsoever and got these like giant gems all over her with like this I don't know. This She's is, got a pickaxe. It's so different from her typical kind of look. Yeah. You know? But it's also still Erica Brand. So I like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the first thing I saw when I saw this was I thought she... It reminded me of... Did you ever play RuneScape? No. Okay. It, it was very much RuneScape to me. Um, like a certain... I think they were called goblins, but they're green. But it was very kind of a similar look to this. Like they would fight with pickaxes and that was where this took me. And so I felt like she was referencing something like that. Like that kind of like a... Not quite 8-bit, but... Um, yeah. You know, like a, a video... Obviously video game because it's Erica, but... The, I, yeah. the way Mark... One thing Mark pointed out, if I am remembering correctly, since they are my resident... Um, Nerd. Dungeons and Dragons aficionado. <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. Um, rogues <laughs> don't carry a pickaxe. So it's like really weird for her to have a pickaxe. I think, I think for it's the gnome class. side. Well, what is a rogue? It's like a class. It's like, if I, I want to say it's kind of like an assassin type class. An assassin? I think. I could be wrong. But they're like a fighter. A gnome? Okay. I mean, is it kind of like an outlaw? Like, but not like, not like Western? Rogue? Like, I mean, rogue means you're like a rebel, right? I, I don't know. We, rogue, are, we clearly should have brought in an expert on Dungeons and Dragons. We, we really should have just had, like, Mark come in for this yeah. one. I, I, a rogue or thief is one of the standard player Oh, a char- thief. Is, a, is one of the standard playable character classes in most editions of Dungeons and Dragons. A rogue is a versatile character capable of sneaky combat and nimble tricks. But, okay, okay. I see that. I can understand why she had the crossbow, but I don't understand the pickaxe. Isn't that the gnome side? I don't think so. I mean, gnomes, what What are gnomes? They're those things you put out in the yard, right? Yeah. But isn't that also kind of like a dwarf? I think, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not educated enough. Look, to- I, 
when it comes to the gyms, I, I like that. I think we that are the crystal gems. I, I know Steven I'm kind Universe. of a Erica apologist. Overall, I don't love this, but I do like it. Like I get the oh. references. My biggest issues are the ears. They give me elf. Like they're very pointy. Well, and some then, fantasy creatures have pointy ears. Do gnomes of, have? I don't know. Probably. I thought, I thought gnomes had little red hats and they wore beards. And also, I thought they were well. They're they're more of like a human skin tone, you know. Um. It, but the the lace on the wig it was really not doing her favors like it, it showed a lot of flaws in the makeup it seems like gnomes have pointy ears okay according to everything that i've seen and there are some that are like non-human skin tone non-human skin but they ha- all have little axes right pickaxes so it's the gnome side yeah but you don't know that that's a fucking uh rogue because they can also not have pickaxes. But that's the challenge. It's supposed to be like a joint thing, right? So it's a gnome. So that's why she. I, I understand mm-hmm. that. So she's carrying a pickaxe, but she's a, whatever. So she, but so she whatever. comes from like the underground or whatever, and but she's also mining for gemstones, and she's like collecting those as a rogue. Okay, I give this a very light fawn. I give like, this a flop. Flop. Okay, that's fine. I figured that you would. Okay, next to the stage, or the whatever the county fair, whatever this is. A boring fair. <laughs> It's giving Ren Fair. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Folsom Street Fair. Uh, <laughs> Abora is the a dark elf druid. She has about three looks this season that are kind of just witchy to me. And this is I one got of them. three looks. Three, <laughs> three looks. looks. I got a witch, a witch, and another witch. <laughs> which witch is which witch? Precisely. Um, and I felt like this almost could have been like a backup on her witch challenge because of the shoes because of the the whole concept um dark elf druid i, I don't know a druid it's is, fine i mean a druid is like in a spellcaster class what what do you think of this look oh it's a spellcaster okay yeah i enjoy this a lot why i just do <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just one of those things like it it looks good. You get that it's something spellcastery. Um I like the shoes and I liked her performance. I I don't know. It's fine. I, I'm just not crazy about it. I liked the look more than I liked the performance. I liked the performance, but I really liked the look. And we're and we're just rating this right now on the look, right? Sure. Okay. The, yeah. That is what I did for Erica. Um Okay. Well, it wouldn't have mattered for mine for Erica. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Um, okay. I'm going to give this a, a, another light fawn. It was not one that like really stood out to me all that much. It was no, I'm giving fun. it just a full on fawn. A, a regular fawn. Okay. Well, congrats, Abora. Double fawn. Okay. Next, we have Victoria Elizabeth Brat. Black. <laughs> Calling her a brat. That's Astrid. No, I was trying Astrid's to... the brat. <laughs> no, I don't think she's a brat. Okay. She doesn't either. Now, with this Victoria look, okay, I felt that this was basically, I don't know how you would have changed it, but I felt that this was kind of exactly the same thing as what Louisiana Purchase did when she was an elf priestess or whatever in in season three, first of all. And then second of all, haven't we seen Elizabeth with the, what is her name, Victoria, with this um, dangly thing before? That dangly thing that's swinging in the back of my throat. <laughs> yes. Um, she had a different dangly thing for the witch 
Because she had an eyeball and a thingy. But di- didn't she... I think she had this in Resurrection. Maybe that's what I'm, I'm going back to. I don't fucking know. I think she did. Because they did a witch challenge on that one. Do you know one. how much drag television I have consumed? I My encyclopedic knowledge that I used to have... <laughs> gone. <laughs> is completely gone. <laughs> There's no time to rest. Well, I just felt like... Like, this is good. It is good. It is giving me exactly what it is supposed to. But I don't really see anything groundbreaking here and it, I, i'm finding it hard to get excited about it and i feel like drag should really excite you you know like in a different way i mean i really enjoyed it and i thought it was gorgeous and i it excited me to see okay so i mean it's it's a fawn for me like it looks good i just I'm, i mean i wouldn't have been surprised had you flopped it based on that what you just said so. I, it's just victoria is at such a high level this is this was not one to write home about, which, which, in my opinion, which I think she has. I mean, if they're giving her a made-up class, there's what can you do? Fair, okay. Flop or fawn? Fawn, fawn. Okay, two fawns for Victoria Elizabeth Black. Next up is Astrid, <laughs> or <laughs> as the E was lovingly <laughs> called her, Astrid. <laughs> um, what do you think? I did not like this. What? Why? <laughs> I just didn't. Okay. The instrument was the best part. Are you kidding me? You didn't like this at all? No. Why? Maybe I'm just tired of her. Maybe I I'm think biased. You, I think that you have a personal bias against Astrid because but it this, just, was, this was it, good. To like, me, it read cosplay. It didn't read drag. Do all of these not read cosplay? I think there's a difference between... I think there is a middle ground between cosplay and drag. This, to me, seemed... I don't, I don't even know that I would cosplay. say this is cosplay. This, to me, reads Ren Fair. <laughs> is that not what this challenge is? Make it drag. Everybody she else is. did. Everybody else made theirs drag. Make it drag. I don't see how you say this is not drag. I, I, th- I think this is very draggy. I think all drag is valid except for Astrid in this challenge. <laughs> I... The, I, what I like about this is that I, I think that a bard is, this is not the typical angle I think of as a bard, like a, a pirate, but it still really works for me. Um, and I really I, didn't I like her that. explaining her like character backstory. Okay. I know that you don't like her, but if you were to just look at the, the concept of it, like it's really cool. Like I could see this character. Maybe it's in a also movie the textiles. I, I, What's wrong with the, the silhouette. I just, something about it. I look at it and I don't like it. I really like this. I can't tell you why. I just don't. I thought that she had really well thought it out. I thought it was a fully realized character. I thought it was a good concept. I, I was to me, it's really just impressed. not on the same level as everybody else, personally. I, okay. I mean, it's it's. I think it's more uh, beautiful than others. Like like it's. I can see this on like a. I don't know. I want. I want to say magazine, but not quite magazine. Like it's. There's something a bit more, eh, not, eh, I don't know if fashion's the right word. I don't know. But I like it, and I stand by it. It's a fawn. <laughs> what is it for you? <laughs> this whole <laughs> floor show is confusing to me. Um, I'm going to give it a flop. <laughs> okay. That's my second flop. In this Phrygian week. mode. Also, props, shout out to her for that. Okay. Next up is Eva Destruction. It's Wendy's. <laughs> ma'am, this is a little Wendy's. Wendy's. Yes. I saw this, and I said, ma'am, I want a four for four. Uh, supersize it. So, <laughs> what did you think of this? I, um, <laughs> I, 
I have conflicting feelings about this. I enjoy it, but also like, I think it's good, but also there's just something that. But I, what it, else can you do with a paladin? Suck some dick. It's I don't a very know. limited. Fuck. I think I don't know enough about paladins to be able to tell you quite honestly. Um, I but it just it's very clean, and I think I wish it just had a little more grit to it. What I really like about this that I think is different. I also don't think I like the way the um, armor fits. Oh, the fit of the armor. I don't think I like the way the armor fits. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It. I think I it know. just that's needs it. a grit to it. I think it just needs a grit to it because it's supposed to be this clean look, but yet there's like a little bit of distressing on the armor, and it just doesn't fully commit to it. I, 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 think, I think it just what needs she's grit. going for is something a little different. Where I, I think that she is trying to look like she was plucked out of a video game because if you look at her armor, she did this thing that I really like, where you put like a black line. On, I think that's supposed to be distressing. No. If you look at it, it's like a... You know how when you watch a cartoon, like that you typically have like a black outline around the characters? I think that is what she's kind of doing. She's trying to have this cartoonish look, like v- very much like uh, in League of Legends or something like that. Um, mm, I it, think like, that's supposed to be distressing. I guess. what For me, it's reading very video game. I mean, I like it. And like, I, it's not one of my favorite things. I, I just really can't get past the wig. Like that's what's frustrating me. Oh, I do you like the wig? Don't hate the wig at all. It, it was very distracting to me. The wig reads Joan of Arc to me in a way. I just wish it wasn't. It didn't have that braid. Like it was, it was the second I saw that braid, I was like, I'll take a five dollar big bag with a frosty. And th- I will say this: uh, this makeup this week, it was stellar. Oh, oh, she looked so fucking good. She looks great. Very, very hot. Um. Okay, is this flopper a fawn for you? This is a fawn for me. It's a fawn for me as well. Um, oh, I heard her ram that short sword up my ass. <laughs> I think she did the best she could with a very confining category, like a paladin. I mean, yeah. th- there's there's nothing else you can do with that, right? Like, it, it's armor. Unless you think outside the box. But I mean, like... I don't know what the fuck a paladin is still, so I haven't Googled it. See, I, that, that's kind of why I feel weird about this challenge. It's like, I, I don't know that I can really grade them all on the same scale it's not like they were given one category they were given their own individual category and it that kind of makes there it harder a to lot judge that on. you could do with a knight with a like what like a armor like there's what? a lot of armor choices that you could do to make it your own and eva's just looks very textbook okay I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe like a chain mail would, would have been cool. Something different. It's just like there's some like elaborate outside the box shit that still reads very armor but like I don't know. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Okay, well enough about Eva. She got two fawns from us. Next to the stage, okay, we're getting to the ones that I find particularly exciting. We have Hoso. Uh, who was a dark elf ranger. What'd you think of this? Ranger danger. I know. I was like, ah, where is my ranger danger? Just popping out of the woods. I thought this was really good. Hoso, like, everything about this was fantastic. The blue tongue sold it for me. Yeah. I was very happy to see that she did kind of a different silhouette for this than a lot of her previous looks had. Um, you know, it still had the the Hoso brand, but a lot of things Is had... Is co- a different silhouette? I think so. Okay. Um, 
this, this one was the one that has stuck out the most to me from the others. Like all of her looks have been excellent. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they, I, I did feel like they had very similar vibes. And um, this is the first one that I was like, okay, this feels like a refreshing, completely different look for Hoso. Uh, I love the, the wig styling. Um, very, very excellent work. I think. I mean, it is a little bit of a different silhouette for Hoso. I think it's gorgeous. I love this. This is one of my favorites of the week. It's still something that, to me, reads very similar to most of the silhouettes Hoso brings. And that's not necessarily a read, because you can see Hoso in everything that she wears. But it just, to me, seems like, take Hoso's normal silhouette and just bring it in a few inches, slim it down, and that's what this is. Because it's still got the shoulder pieces that are very similar to like her witch look. Yeah, but her, her witch look... I think it has to, a lot to do with the wig. Like it, it seems like her she had she has kind of a wider wig yeah. on all the others, whereas this one's just taller. Yeah, and it, I it, mean that's what I mean. Like this one to me just seems like the, her normal silhouette's just slim down. <clears throat> Does yeah. that make sense? I, yeah, I mean I, I definitely see what you mean with the shoulder pieces. And I'm not I like, see that a lot, and I'm not reading this because I still think it's good. I'm gonna give this a five. I'm just pointing out. Yeah, similarities. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. With that. Well, I, I, I don't entirely agree that the about the silhouette thing, but it, yes, I also give it a fawn. Two fawns from us this week. Congrats, Hoso. Okay, woman of the motherfucking hour, Coco Kane as an elf barbarian. This was everything and a half from what I have wanted from Coco this season. I was really feeling stuck in a rut. You know, it was like, we have these teeny tiny costumes, you know, with an um, amazing body, um, or concepts that are not quite as strong. What was this? Huh? This was a teeny tiny costume with an amazing body. I think that there was a lot more to show with this costume. Like there were details everywhere you look. My I mean, yeah. favorite detail was actually on her toenails. She had to put these very long outgrown out toenails on, on her shoe. I thought it was super cool. The headpiece or the, the the wig was amazing. The weapon was stellar. I want her to murder my pussy with this axe, ma. I, now, I have one question about this. This is not a, a negative, but she's an elf barbarian, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I do wonder, like, what elements of this are elf? The ears. Where? Because She's got elf, ear, elf ears on. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I mean, because I watched the episode again, and I just had a really hard time identifying that. Um, it, but and I almost wonder if I I I mean I don't play, so I can't be like one hundred percent tell you all these details. But I'm like ninety nine percent sure that she had no elf ears on. She's also got hair on that blocks it from a straight on point of view. But it's one of those things. She looked fucking stunning. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. And I can't tell you what elements of this are, of what elements are barbarian. All I can tell you is that this is fantastic. I mean, to me, kind of the whole thing looks barbarian. Yeah. Um, you know, like the weapon, yeah. the furs, just the different, uh, I guess, textiles tied together. Like it, it looks very barbaric where like, it's almost like two opposites being merged together. You know, like elves are supposed to be what these like very 
beautiful and regal not always characters um i don't know i i I can't really think of a time i've seen an elf aside from like a christmas elf that um hasn't been that is there one that you have in mind um i mean just like even in i feel like i played skyrim one time for like (laughs) 15 an hour (laughs) it wasn't actually skyrim it was oblivion i think there might have been an elf that was like not a i don't know I, mean, I was like in high school. Okay. Okay. I, I will say I noticed that she has like a vine in her hair and that to me feels somewhat elven. Um, I, w- I wish, I wish the ears were a little more obvious if she is wearing long ears, but I am still 100% fetching this. Oh yeah. Same. Trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Like this was incredible. The second she came out, her acting, which we'll get to later, like it was stellar. She had a fully realized character. It was from the Coco's unique perspective. Like this is how you find a unique way to have a, to give a, 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 a character that they can kind of block you in and combine you and have a unique perspective. Well done, Coco. I was so excited about this. And I loved the weapon. Ah, I can't talk enough about it. And I feel like Barbarian was a role that was very intentionally go- given to Coco because it is a very body-heavy... Yeah, I suppose. Like, I could see that. It's easily, like, your body is your focus. Like, it's very easily, like, in the Barbarian family of things especially among the more female presenting barbarian roles are a lot more like you don't have armor yeah and so it's a lot more skimpier and like uh, i kind of wish she had like a a mug you know like a, a big you know to like drink out of i don't what a barbarian have that i think so i could see this character having one anyways okay okay anything else about coco for some reason i picture a bard with a mug more so I, than anything. I could see that too yeah the or some rum singing um okay and finally we have melissa b fierce as a human barbarian and fierce she do be indeed what what did you think of this look i thought this is honestly one of my favorite looks of melissa all season this is like what i expect from melissa this is exactly what the boules were wanting from her i did not like the bra with this though i don't like this at all oh like i I, I will say I I don't, my like, issue is the bra and panty, but it, it's literally just the bra for me. That's the issue. Okay. It, it's just like, the, I don't know. Those fabrics don't really make sense to me in this kind of a world. It's like a very graphic, not graphic, uh, shimmery. What do you call that? Holographic metallic metallic. Yeah. Very metallic sort of fabric that just didn't, I don't know that, that doesn't really make sense to me. It, it felt less thought out. In a lot of ways, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the bra. Everything else, I was like, I'm here for. Okay, I mean, she did a great job performing it and selling it, but it is a flop for me. Oh wow! Sorry, oh. I'm not. I, this does not excite me one bit. Given the boulet, the dark beauty they asked for. No, that's great. And fla- flaps at flop. I, I, however, am going to give this a fawn. Okay. I, I don't know. It's this just, is the most we've disagreed in a long time. Yeah. I I find this this category weird. I'm actually very surprised, though, that you didn't like Astrid's, but I think you just have a personal vendetta against Astrid. I just did not like it. Maybe also, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, we still that have a lot. color palette is also not one that's, like, my favorite thing hmm. ever. Okay. So. Well, 
We'll see if you continue mm. to hate Astrid. Um, she needs to go home. And then I won't have <laughs> oh to. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> okay, so next... The next thing that happened was we saw the different acting challenges play yes. out. And the first one was the quest script, which included Melissa, Erica, Victoria, and Astrid. Astard. Astard. What'd you think of this? It was just like. I thought they were all bad. I thought it was like a good opening one. Like, I'm glad they started with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad this was first. Like, was the script bad or were they bad? I think they were bad. I think so, too. It, also, all I it- didn't mention this earlier, but it was even more clear in this. Erica's nose prosthetic was terrible. I, th- I did not notice that. It was that. chunky. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was very poorly applied. I think... Yeah, you know, I think Erica would have benefited from putting uh, some more makeup details on her face, yeah. um, or just uh, better. To be honest, it kind of reminded me of uh, you, you remember in Camp Wanakiki, Water Sports Badge when Vincent they, they critiqued him for not having yeah. details. I, I kind of felt similarly about that. Like it's like I get what you're going for here, but you know, I think some there was no contour. details would help. There was literally no contour. It was Do, just like Does she normally contour her face? She usually has some kind of graphic lines on her face. Mm, true. Yeah, and that that was just missing. And it was literally just like one solid color and then an eye. But I liked the eye patch. That's cool. Yeah, you know, the eye the patch was nice, but stoned. That was, yeah. An eye patch does not a drag look make. <laughs> okay <laughs> put that on your instagram bio uh okay so yeah the what stuck out to you from the quest script um it was just really dry Blech. yeah none of, I, I felt like none of them really made big choices and yeah. that was what was lacking um and it was like these are the lines and i am saying well, them. Yeah, it, I, I don't know if you ever felt this way but i remember when i was in like fifth or sixth grade and maybe this was me just being weird. Maybe it was me just being gay. But when we would read like a a script in class, you know, it was like a required reading or something, and people would not read it with any sort, like not even a little bit of characterization behind it. They would literally just read, and then she took out the trash. It was, you know, and I would always try to read it like at least an up tempo or like emphasize a little bit what they're going for. I wasn't trying to pull out like a full character or anything like that, but I mean, whenever we read books in class, I was just always hoping that I wouldn't like fumble over shit. So it was me with my fear of reading publicly, like not wanting to like fumble over shit. So that was not me as a child. I was just like, I hope I'm not the one called on to read. I guess. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is why I always had teachers go to my parents and be like, you should really get Clay in some uh, theater. Yeah, you should. Clay, Clay would be a great actor. What they really meant was gay. But yeah. Anyways, enough about me. Um, the only other thing about this scene that w- that cracked me up or that I noticed was when Melissa died, the blood splatter. Oh, yeah. Was like, what, I, how, what, <laughs> what sense does this blood splatter I think make? the blood splatter might have been like the monster came. I thought it was that she fell on fell onto her own sword. I don't know, and because it was like a very straight line kind of blood. It looked like know. someone took a cup of blood and went up and down just in one swoop. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay, these are not the special effects that they I pay don't for. Know. Okay, all right, enough beating that dead horse. 
I guess, I guess I should say kicking that dead horse if I'm going to hit my wig. But anyways, the cursed script was next, featuring Abora, Hoso, Eva, and Coco. I thought this was a much more entertaining group. It was one of those, for me, when it started, I was like, wait, so what was the curse? Did they just have to like decipher this backwards? And then it got into the actual curse, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah this would be <laughs> fucking hard. And you could see Eva thinking a little bit at certain points. Mm. There was like what at first I was like, oh my god, they're do all of them are doing so good. And then there was like one part that Eva is like supposed to be building, and you can tell she's like got these pauses because she's like thinking as she's saying it because it's difficult lines, and she didn't have it all down. And I mean. I don't know how long they had to work on it, so I can't say anything, but it just was something yeah. that was more noticeable about her than there was about anybody else. But I still think that Eva's performance was far and beyond better than like anyone in the quest. Oh, I mean, same. I mean, God, it, I say. <laughs> it was horrible on that first one. Uh, but the, yeah, I, I was very impressed with this. Coco's acting was flawless. Oh, like, Coco was like, honestly, the, the best. best. I mean, hands down. I, I thought Hoso did a very good job, and I appreciated Abora, but to me, it's... It, I just hadn't... I guess we hadn't had the chance to see this side from Coco, really. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't remember that in season four, um, her really standing out for that, but I was very, very pleased with her, and yeah. I think that she found a perspective and understood her character and she rolled with it like yeah. and it fit in the world that they were building and it also just really fit with it. her drag character that she's established yes. and i don't know how much ad-libbing she did versus what was in the script but you know the the grumbling or the gibberish and then the um sorry girl at the end like it was all really funny yeah my easily my favorite character i want to be her she's the video game character i want to play i want to buy her merch coco kane yes um <laughs> yes and uh, <laughs> and then after we get all of that we get to see the curse of dungeons and dragons part two yeah eva's meltdown my favorite was oh god they're filming her Oh, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I feel like this was another one of those things where I kind of think they blew it out of proportion. I also wonder if Eva did this on purpose. Oh, I don't think she did it on purpose. Do you? Why? I don't know. But also, Eva was probably wearing the outfit that was probably the hottest. Easily. Like, easily the hottest. Because that EVA foam does not breathe. No. I, I, I really didn't understand why they were being so awful to her about this. Like, she was in full head to toe drag the only thing that was exposed was her face and i think she also hot. i think it's a combination of like she was just also really getting in her head and i think that's really more of what it was she was hot and she was in her head and she wasn't happy with how she was doing and i think that's really what it was honestly i guess but i mean i felt like she she had a campy can do attitude every other time we saw her in the shots, like she was warming everybody up. Um, and yeah, that was before she got in drag and before I, she started struggling in the challenge I, and seeing other people do better than her. 
fair but I, I just felt like they acted like she was just this awful she had this awful attitude the whole time and that's not what we saw i mean maybe, maybe something else was seen behind I mean, we also didn't cameras. see during the acting challenge like when they actually showed it to us they didn't show us victoria tripping on her lines and not knowing her lines yeah but even when they did highlight the talk about this whole thing with eva or like with with victoria they showed some clips of her being like line and then with astrid even they showed like a clip of her kind of arguing with the director yeah but with eva there was nothing she said that would have made me been like oh she has a bad attitude about being here um i don't know and it just it just seemed kind of overplayed to me i think it i i mean i think it's a fair enough thing to keep her from winning the challenge personally fair i mean i don't think she would have won it anyway but yeah i was happy that she wasn't like in the bottom two for this um okay so we get to the judging how do you think they filmed this like did, did they have to get back into drag for the judging yeah, i have been wanting to talk about that i think they definitely had to get back into drag oh my god so i feel like this was probably filmed a second day so they they filmed this off camera or off site right because and then they come back. I mean, they must have had some time to edit the scene. Because my guess would be they film the scene, then they film their individual floor shows, then they come back, and then the next day they do it. Because Melissa got in that water and got her hair wet, and yet her hair was fine for yeah. judging. But her hair also, also that, had some more dark pieces in it than were in it during the challenge. Interesting. That fabric that she was wearing as well, the holographic one was, or metallic one, like that will rust. That will not look the same if you get it wet. I know that from experience. So, uh, yeah. Um, she must have done something to keep it together. Okay, we find out that our tops are... Well, that the winning team is the cursed script, and the losing team is the quest script. And our tops are Coco and Hoso, with Coco w- winning, and um, our bottoms were Victoria and Erica. Did you agree with the tops, bottoms, and safe? Um, I personally would have put ass turd in the bottom. Over who? Probably Victoria. Yeah. I would have switched out Victoria and Melissa. Um, I think it just depends on what your like preference is. I, I was really surprised when they said Melissa would have been I in the top. I thought Melissa did the best in the acting challenge of her group, though. Yeah, I guess. I was just so underwhelmed by all of them. Um, I think it just it depends on what you value. Like it do you do you value the look more or do you value like the performance more? And I think in this case they value the performance more. So I that, would have still put Astart in the bottom. Okay. Just cuz you you would have eliminated well, her also, 3 episodes ago. To here's the thing. To me it is a greater sin to direct your director than it is to not know your lines. Personally, I think it is a greater sin to direct your director than it is to not know your lines. I don't I, I don't think it is. I think I think that it's a it's okay to ask questions, and sometimes There's it a seems difference to between me, asking a question and directing your director. Yeah, but it seems to me, to be honest, <laughs> and if I'm being honest on this day, I I feel like the boules kind of take things personally and feel very attacked over things that they don't really need to. And I, I don't know, Astrid definitely has seems to have issues reading some social cues in the in this in this setting. But we don't really see what it is that she was saying that was like back talk. But I could very easily see myself saying, hey, I just want to make sure I understand something. Is this happening and this happening? And then the, the saying like, oh, Flapjack, you're directing the director. I, I personally, based on what we've seen of Astrid, and granted, we're seeing an edited form of Astrid. 
But what we've seen of Astrid this season, I could easily see Astrid talking back and be like, are you sure? I think this would be better. Like, that just seems very Astrid's character. Yeah, I guess so. Like, Astrid is kind of a know-it-all. Yeah. So directing a director (laughs) does not seem out of character. I guess. I just... Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So we find out who all these people are, where the tops, bottoms, and safe. Um, And then we get to the cauldron. Anything stick out to you in the cauldron? Um, Honestly, not really. Yeah. I I mean, there were some... I mean, I made some notes, like... But it really seemed obvious as to what was going to happen. Like, you have someone who's been on the bottom once already, or up for elimination once already, and one person who has a win, two wins under their belt. It was pretty clear who it was. The writing was on the wall. It felt correct. Yeah, unfortunately. And, And everybody everybody here knows I love Erica, so I was really sad about this, but um meanwhile i was i was happy to check another one off your (laughs) roster (laughs) yeah but she came back um she or not she came back but she made that comment about if she um but erica made that comment about you know uh hey i've loved having this time with y'all i know they said that i wasn't fun but or i wasn't looking like i was having fun but if, um, but I want you to know, I did, I did have fun with y'all and it just lose the fright feet next week. Um, and so I kind of thought it was interesting that she said that because it was the first time that we've heard again, some reference to, if you lose the fright feet or refuse to do it, you come back. Yeah. But so maybe we'll see that, but I doubt it. Um, then, oh, and I also wanted to say like, I really related to Erica in this moment because I could very easily see myself in her shoes. Like if, if I was to do another competition that was televised like this, I feel like I would be very serious about it, Yeah, you know, like excessively serious. And I think I would forget to have fun. And I, I just really identify with that. It's like Erica really is so laser focused on how she wants to make sure that she's proving why she deserves to be there, that she's, that she can win and that she's going to be a contender. I get that, you know, um, I really identify with that a bit. It's like, okay. So like, (laughs) it's important to remember you got to have fun while you're doing drag too. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know how I would be in a TV show. I don't know if I'd be that one that is like, overly serious like her or if i'd be the one cutting up being a stupid little goofball <laughs> a silly little goose um yeah <laughs> so the elimination the only thing that really stuck out to me from that was what how they phrased it oh my god because when they said it i kind of thought victoria was gonna go right yeah <laughs> and erica looked a little bit relieved yeah she did. <laughs> We've given your gnome something to be happy about. <laughs> and then she drops. So that means when we come back to our fantasy fag roster, I now have three people still on my board with Hoso, Melissa, and Victoria, who honestly, I feel pretty good about those three. And Fawn has four, Abora, Coco, Eva, and Astrid. Um, with Coco now having the win for this episode. I'm really excited that Coco is doing what I have talked about on previous episodes. Really got that upward momentum. And at the right time. Yeah. It it was like, you got to win something or get out. Yeah. Well, and it was like last week she was in the top. Yeah. And now she won. And I think she's hitting that upward momentum at the right time. And 
if she keeps this up, she could win the season. I don't know about win the season. I don't know if that's in the cards for her. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. She's on my roster, so anything's <laughs> possible. But it would be interesting. And the only thing that I know for sure is that we'll be discussing this once again next week on Flapping and Fawning. Thanks for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod oh and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch you can also connect with us via gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com see you next time bye Ta-ta.